Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, as the day evolves here, uh, we're a little late getting into this here, but University Health Kansas City is doing a victim condition update, so let's go to that. He might not be with us now. He sustained extremely life-threatening injuries, and fortunately, thanks to Dr. Carney's uh, triage, our KC Fire and Police Department, he was able to get here quickly. He was the first person here and our mass casualty plan then went into effect and got him straight up to the operating room and were able to stabilize him. Um, and as Dr. Steele mentioned, he has improved overnight despite his life-threatening injuries with plans for future operations uh, today. Um, and hopefully he'll continue to improve. Uh, Dr. Shaw. I wanna reiterate that we did have excellent coordination between KCFD, KCPD, and they did a phenomenal job on scene with their disaster response. Their coordination with University Health has allowed these patients to survive. We are um, very happy to say that we didn't have any deaths in the hospital. Unfortunately, there was one death um, from this event, but the, those that were critically ill were able to get to us in a timely, efficient manner so that we could provide care to them. And so the coordination between all of the departments, citywide, between all the hospitals, especially with University Health, um, allowed for our disaster response to um, be as robust as it possibly could be. The other patient who was also in critical condition was the second patient who arrived to us. Um, fortunately, she was more stable than the first patient. Um, but ultimately did have to go to the operating room as well. Um, she is recovering in the ICU and improving. Uh, we're hopeful that in the next day or two, she will be able to be moved from critical to stable condition and get out of the ICU. Uh, but again, a lot of it has to do with the coordination between Casey Fire and the triage at the scene um, to get her to us next because the people who came first and second were the ones that had to go to the operating room, and that's what you want when you triage, because the, the ones that need to be saved need to get here first. Uh, the ones that need an operation, sorry, need to get here first. Can you uh, provide us a little more detail on the nature of their injuries, or just some specifics uh, about those two? Uh, um, all I can say with HIPAA and everything else is that um, the first patient sustained an injury that is uh, 90 plus times lethal. Um, and fortunately, again, with the coordination, was able to get here quickly 
um, and was able to get uh, control and uh, repair and stabilize in an efficient manner. Um, the other patient also sustained an operation, or sorry, an injury that required operative intervention. Um, but as far as the specific details with HIPAA and everything else, I'm not, I'm not going to speak to that. What does 90 plus times? Like 90 90% lethal, meaning that if 90 people or 100 people were injured with this, 95 of them would have 95 to 99 would not have made it or survived the operation. And do you know the exact time from between when this patient was shot and when they got to the hospital? How long was it before they were on the operating table? Uh, from the time that they arrived to us, uh, the patient was in the operating room within five minutes. Do you know how long it took them to? To you, though, I, I don't. With this, with the injuries, and then the scene time, and then uh, uh, securing the scene and making it safe, I don't know how long that was. But Dr. Carney saw the patient and picked that patient first to come, and so because of that, that's the reason that he came first and was able to be taken directly to the OR. One of the things we're most proud of is the American College of Surgeons tracks a whole host of numbers and statistics and one of them is time to the OR. And from the time that the patient arrives in our OR, our average is less than 12 minutes. Um, the best we've ever had is three. Um, the national average is less than an hour. We're in the top 1% of the nation as far as getting to the operating room upon arrival. And right, I think what we're gonna do, do is, I think we're gonna let them kind of wrap this up here. Let me tell you what we missed out of this because we didn't know this was going to happen. And so here's what we missed here. Um, the So they had, there were eight shooting victims that were taken to University Hospital. Five of the eight have been released. One who was admitted is stable. The two who were admitted in critical condition, this is worded kind of funny. The two who were admitted in critical condition but have stabilized and remain in critical condition in the ICU. So they're critical but stable. Critical but stable, And yes. that may very well be, and, and again, we don't know this because they're not attaching names or anything else to these people. They're just saying these are the people, you know, that, that were in what condition when they were brought into the hospital. But for all of the confusion that surrounded the fact that there is still at this point only been one confirmed death as of yesterday with people speculating that the man who was the original target who had been shot several times at point blank range how could he have made it? Well, we just heard how he could have made it. Now, do we know that he's one of the two that's in critical but stable? We do not. But if you're looking for, I mean, when he's, uh, when the doctor said, these are injuries that 95 to 99% of the people would have died from, then again, it's easy to make that logical leap and say, well, it could definitely have been that person who made it. Okay, so we'll wait and see what other updates we get. Again, I would still hope at some point soon we would hear from... Um, KCPD again. We have two callers on hold. Let's take your calls and then we'll switch over to hearing more about parade stuff. We'll go first to Mike in Topeka. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Hey, guys. Um, so I, I just wanted to speak from a firearms owner's perspective just a little bit on this. Um, to that, I, I think that something that we can do as a society moving forward, whether you own a firearm or not, um, Talk to the people that you know that do have one and ask them about their training, about the things that they do and why they carry a gun in the first place. I carry one because I want to protect life. I want to be a defender in case something like this happens. You know, in, in a situation like this, I wouldn't even have taken my firearm to the parade because there's so many officers there. I would never have felt the need to have it. 
the only reason I ever carry one is if I'm out in the world around me where there aren't officers there who can stand in. In a situation like this, if I felt my life was truly in danger, I would expect an officer to stand in and, and, and save my life, not me. So the why you even need one there in the first place is just beyond me. Um, I, I've mentioned this before on the, on the, the station. Um, there's a YouTube channel called Active Self-Protection. Um, they do self-defense breakdowns all the time, and one of the ones that they do is, is beyond just the self-defense encounter. They have a five-part series on what it means to be a good, sane, sober, moral, prudent person. And the two things that really stood out to me in that series was what it means to be sane and sober. You know, most people, when you, you hear sane, you think, you know, uh, psychopath who's going on a murderous rampage. It's not just that. It's same thinking and your thought process. When I carry a firearm, I know that I have to set my ego aside. That is something that I sacrifice. I don't get to have an ego. I don't get to have my feelings hurt. If someone says something that is disrespectful to me, okay, you know, that, that's your opinion, and, and I'll remove myself from that situation. I find ways to de-escalate because I carry a firearm. I don't get to have an ego. I don't get to have an argument because it's not worth it to me. Right. Um, yeah, and and that's I, I mean recognizing that if it's especially if it's somebody you don't know. Now we don't know if yeah. if these two groups had any prior contact with each other. They may have, they may not have. But if it's somebody you don't know who comes up and says, "You know what? You're a real jerk, Mike." Yeah, okay, bye. Yeah, regardless, regardless, even if it is someone you do know, you don't get to have that. When you are caring, you have to find a way to let things go, be the bigger person, and walk away from the fight. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I'll add is I never in a million years thought that I would be looking up body armor for my nieces and nephews. Um, there are backpacks that you can get that are like 100, 150. Um, they go up from there, but they have body armor panels built into them for young children. There are actual yeah. vests that you can get. And, and I really see in the future more and more people are going to start buying body armor for their kids when they go to major events like this <sighs> because – it's the, that's the sad world we live in. Yeah, I know. And that's that's what we can't be satisfied with. But you're right. I mean, for the time being, I can't fault you for looking at that. Yeah, no, I, I just I, I pray that people will will start to have that conversation and talk to people and, and ask them about their their thought processes and, and their de-escalation techniques when they find themselves in an argument, how you handle it. That's a conversation whether you own a gun or not. Everyone should be having. You got it. Mike, thank you very much. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for getting involved. I want to read, we'll take one more call here, but I want to read um, a tweet from Matt Fleener over at Channel 9 really quickly. Uh, this is what he just put out on Twitter, or X. After reviewing KMBC's footage, a here's your adult content warning, if we didn't have that already on the day. After reviewing KMBC footage, a rapid series of gunshots started to the west of Union Station Wednesday, nine seconds after the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holt has said, thank you, Kansas City, thank you, Chiefs Kingdom from the Union Station stage to end the Super Bowl rally. Nine seconds after he ended the rally and thanked Kansas City is when the gunshots rang out. Just, yeah, maddening and, and yet poetic all at the same time. We'll go to Marie, who's calling in from Blue Springs next. Hi, Marie. Hi. I was yesterday with my children, and we opted to go to the beginning of the parade rather than to go down to Union Station because of the large amount of people. Um, there were lots of police present. They interacted with the kids. They played football. I felt pretty comfortable. It did enter in my brain, though, the night before. You know, what if there's a shooting? What would happen? Because we would all be sitting ducks. 
it's terrifying. And as we were leaving, I actually was at a stoplight and I didn't realize it had turned green. Someone honked at me and my immediate thought was, oh, God, don't shoot me and waved so that I could continue on. I mean, I know we need to change the culture and I want to change the culture, but I can't risk my children's lives while we make that change. So from now on, I'm just not going to take them to these big events. I just don't feel safe anymore with them there. And, it, and it's hard to argue. I mean, I, I yeah. can't I can't tell you to feel safe when you don't, you know. Uh, and, and as of yesterday, you have all the reason in the world not to. As rare an occurrence as this is, it's still not one that you want to be next to when it happens. I want to go back to the, that idea of changing the culture, though, because that's come up several times. And, and it seems like such a giant job. And if you ask me, how do you change the culture? I will look back at you in your face and say, I haven't the slightest idea. Where do you think that starts, Marie? Well, I taught in the inner city um, in Hickman District, Hickman Mills, and it was very commonplace for children to have guns. I knew I had students in the middle school who had guns. Um, it's It starts at home. It's just the mentality. It's not even thought of as a negative thing. It's more to protect the kids. You know other people have guns, therefore you need to have a gun as well. And my thought when we would do lockdowns and think about active shooters was, okay, I have to get these kids isolated in a classroom who is going to have the gun that I can feel the safest around versus who am I going to need to be hiding from? So how do you fix it? I don't know when it's so culturally ingrained in so many people in society now to think I need these guns. And then a slight tangent, my sister is very much a proud gun owner, had guns. She had them in a a safe in her living room or in her basement. I apologize. And she left them open one day and somebody came and broke in and took all of her weapons and so they're back out on the streets for these people to get their hands on. I don't know how you fix it. I really don't. Were they locked up? That Usually they were, but she had left the safe open. They had gone down to get something, and someone broke in, and it just was happenstance. Okay. Thanks a lot for the call. I appreciate you getting in. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm not trying to make your, you feel bad, but this is why guns need to be locked up, is um, they get stolen, and that's part of the problem. I want to address for one second John's question about how to fix culture. I don't have a better word for it, but I want to go back to, for those that missed right before one o'clock, the call from Gerald about when we ask ourselves, what can we do? I think about like conflict resolution and how do you keep a kid from going for a gun? And I feel like part of it, it, this isn't going to solve everything, right? But here's a a tiny little piece. Um, If you can get involved in schools and get to know those kids who might be inclined or be following the example of going for a gun and talk to them and talk to them about conflict and ask them what what their home life is like and give them someone to be accountable to and responsible to who, who they don't want to disappoint. Can we start with that a little bit maybe? Can more of us get involved in schools and getting to know the kids that are the future shooters of the guns? I, I, again, no ideas off the table, but it's also not lost on me that you look back over history, recent history and ancient history at anybody who made their bones and gained their fame by preaching nonviolence. What happened to all of them? That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there is a, an element in society, and I don't even mean just American society at this. Look, it happened to Gandhi. You know, th- there are people who, right. when you start talking about nonviolent conflict resolution and, and civil disobedience and all of those things, become so threatened by it 
that that's where, you know, that's the only place they see their end is by taking you out. And I don't know what that mechanism is, but it exists and it always has. We'll go back to it. and Actually, we're way late. Can we we? take a break here real quick first? Yeah, Yeah, sorry. Uh, That way Colin doesn't get mad at us. We'll get to a break. (laughs) Get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. 913-586-7798. 913-586-7798. I should point out that Crime Stoppers is offering a $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of those involved in yesterday's shooting. All the more reason if you have it, bring it forward. And speaking of bringing it forward, we will go back to the phones on that. Head to Stephen, who's calling in from Olathe. Stephen, it's all yours. Hey, thanks for taking my call. So I didn't go to the parade yesterday just because of crowd violence anxiety. Um, I I just don't go to uh, big crowds like that. And, you know, I wanted to applaud you, Jamie, for the first talking point that you had of the day of bringing up that, you know, this is Kansas City and speaking out against Thank you. that. And I'm I'm sorry for anyone who would have, you know, said anything bad to you against that. There are oh. people out here like myself, because I when when I heard that, I was right there with you. And I was like, but this is Kansas City. You know, I appreciate I, it. It's you don't have to be I proud of it, you know, and it's it's not all we are, but to say it's not part of who we are is flat out denial. It it is. It's a denial tactic, and every time that I hear it, you know, not this is Kansas City. This isn't Kansas City, but oh, this isn't me, or this isn't my family. You know, usually it's a denial tactic. You know, when that player kicked that girl in that hallway and then came out and said, "Oh, but this isn't me." Yeah. Uh, Yes, it is. Yes, it is you. Right. And, you know, I would be curious as to, you know, I know that there were 800 police officers down there, but I would be curious as to how many arrests were made yesterday against drug dealers, against people who were suspicious. And I applaud them for their reaction to what happened. But I can't I can't sit here and think that they could have done more. Because when you have a uh, when you have something in in um, in law enforcement where you're not supposed to go out and arrest drug dealers or small crimes or whatnot, then it's adding to the problem and not the solution. You yeah. know, and when we say that this is Kansas City, that makes it by design. You know, when you are when you're not arresting drug dealers and you're not arresting criminals who should be off of the street beforehand, that's by design. You got it, Stephen. And this is Kansas City. We yeah, we got to run, Stephen. Thank you very much for the call. And and to that end, I mean, you heard. I don't know which reporter it was because we couldn't see them. All we saw was the right. the news conference going on. But the first question that came out from the reporters that were at that conference was exactly about that. How can you say this isn't Kansas City when it happened here? And I know a couple of you have said on the text line, she was saying it as a metaphor. I, I get it. It's it's an easy thing to say. It's a rah-rah thing to say. Um, it doesn't lead to any change, though. It, it, to me, it's, it's um, this is not my Kansas City. It's But it, it was yesterday. And it was at Crown Center yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, a, a month ago. So, yeah, well, let's go to Jim in Platt City, see what he's thinking about. Hey, Jim. Hi. Uh, to your point, yeah, obviously it is Kansas City, and it is society in general. And society has created these young men and women, these juveniles, and they have accepted it. They have embraced it. They, they it, it, These kids in school are allowed to curse at teachers, hit teachers. Teachers can't do anything. There's fatherless homes. There's 
poor upbringing. There's no discipline. And then they turn into 18, 19, 25-year-olds, and they're gangbanging. This is all they know. This is all they know, and it's sad. It, it, it's not just here. It's, it's nationwide, and it's a society problem. It, I don't know the answer. I wish, God, I know. I wish I knew the answer. Yeah. But it, the, the, the elephant is in the room. It's not guns. The guns don't kill people. People kill people. I know you've heard that. You know, yeah, access, blah, 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 political. We don't want to go there. But society has allowed these children, and Jamie, you said earlier, whether they're 12 or 17 makes a difference. If they're 17, I promise you, it started before they were 12. Yeah. Their actions in they, with their 17 started before they're 12. They, they're, they hit their mothers. They, hit, they don't have fathers. And, and it's just it's so sad. And what, what does this society do? I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to build a cocoon around my life. I don't think we should build a cocoon around a parade. That's allowing these kids or young men, whatever you want to call them, uh, to win. That, that we have to change our lifestyles because they were not brought up properly. But I, I would say that it's also, in my mind, a fallacy to say it has nothing to do with the guns. I mean, we've taken that society and poured guns over it for the last 50 years. What do you think is going to happen? Well, you know, there's a lot of people that have guns. I wish I could stay and, and talk to more, but gosh darn it, I, I just... You got stuff to do. I, mean, I, I get I, it, Jim. Yeah. And, 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 and so do we. I, I would love to sit down and have a two-hour conversation with you over that. All right. Uh, Jim, maybe one of these days over a beer will do just that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can discount that. I, I don't – I mean, I've been hearing that an armed society is a polite society since I was a little kid. We've been armed and heavily armed to the point that we're the most heavily armed society on the planet. And I'm still sitting here wondering when the polite part starts. Again, here's what I will say, and we'll, we need to get to a break and we have to move on to some other things. But but what I would tell you is for those who say you're not going to be put down by this and you're still going to go and you're still going to have fun and you're still going to go to the events, I appreciate that. My next question for you is how are you going to get involved? And believe me, I'm asking myself too. How are you going to get involved so that we don't have this again, so that we don't have this conversation again? A lot of you are asking about what to do. In fact, somebody specifically asked about the St. Patrick's Day parade, about should I go, should I not go, what's going to be done? The Snake Saturday parade happens the day before on Saturday the 16th. Uh, Mindy Hart, who is an organizer of that parade and has been for a long time, is going to join us coming up next here on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. A lot of you have been asking, what do we do for the next parade? How do we feel safe? What are the plans? And so the St. Patrick's Day Parade comes up in Kansas City on March 17th. The day before is the Big Snake Saturday Parade. That's in North Kansas City. And we had questions about that, too. So we have a special guest with us. Mindy Hart is the organizer of the Snake Saturday Parade. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us. You're so welcome. This is such a somber day in Kansas City. And yet um, those of us that are working towards some of these bigger events, you know, the the planning doesn't stop, even though we're mourning the tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's the first place to start is how, if at all, has that planning changed in the last 24 hours? Um, every year we meet with fire protection, police protection. We have over 100 officers that come from surrounding departments um, each year. And so we have those meetings ongoing starting in January. Um So the agenda for the next meeting obviously has to include updating our safety plan, which we had done just a couple of years ago, Um, but we would be remiss if we did not review, reassess, and reevaluate that safety plan for 2024, which of course is also the 40th anniversary of Snake Saturday. So provided weather's great, we're expecting large crowds because of the 40th year. Mindy, what did you think when you, I know you didn't go yesterday and I would love for you to tell me, tell us uh, on the air, the reason you didn't go. What did you think then when you heard about the shooting? Um, I woke up yesterday morning with a sense of foreboding. Um, as an empath, I'm very sensitive to things. And for some reason, I just felt like I needed to stay home yesterday. So I was watching TV as it all unfolded and went from a joyful celebration to um, to a crisis management broadcast right before my eyes. And my immediate response was to reach out to J.D. Green, who is the president of Snake Saturday Northland Festivals, with my recommendation as their their publicist and PR rep that we need to um, schedule not just our normal evaluation of our safety plan, but we need to be more proactive. He agreed. um, And then um, put, we put things into process. So next week we will be sitting down and doing that review and reevaluation of our current safety plan. I think the thing to know is over 20 years ago, next Saturday looked a lot different. There was lots of drinking on the streets, public brawls, Thing, you know, things that were going on along the parade route, and we changed that. We, we didn't want a drunk fest in North Kansas City. And I'm not by any means saying that the incident yesterday had anything to do with substances because we don't know that at this juncture. Sure. But what I can say is we took safety seriously over 20 years ago, and we continue to do that through COVID and having to make that difficult decision to cancel the parade that for the first time in the history of snake Saturday, um, all the way through today. And 
really learning as we go what we need to do to keep our community safe because it's a continual learning process because crimes change. If you look at the Boston Marathon, who would have thought pressure cookers were going to be used to cause the mayhem that was occurring there? So we always have to be diligent and keep our eyes open and train our staff and volunteers better. We always have to be reevaluating the processes to keep our community as safe as possible at all times. And it works. In 2015, this is not widely known. There was an incident with a person in North Kansas City that was having a, a, a psychological break and was a veteran. And they had to pull police officers off of the parade route. And no one on the parade route had any idea. The other officers from the other jurisdictions took, took control, and the parade route was safe. And we had a heart attack that went on the parade route at the same time, and they were taking care of the, the crowd in general had no idea these other things were going on simultaneously. And that's because of training and planning, preparation, and quick thinking upon the first responders. Sure, you, you, you've got to be you've got to be nimble like that. Unfortunately, in situations like we saw yesterday. So, what I want to have you do: we saw an interview on Channel Nine yesterday, right after the, uh, the right after the shooting happened, within an hour of that, with a woman who was there with her 14 year old daughter, I believe it was, and they were standing there in a parking lot away from where all of this had happened. Uh, and she said, you know, we were planning on going to the St. Patrick's Day parade. Now we're starting to change those plans because I have to protect my daughter. Speak directly to somebody who is in that same mindset right now and explain to them why they shouldn't be concerned with that kind of a safety breach when it comes to the Snake Saturday parade. I will never tell a parent not to be concerned about the safety of their children. What I will tell you is we will be taking every step possible that we can to ensure the safety, but they should always trust their instincts as a parent. They should always trust their judgment and make the decision for them and their children as they see fit, because that is their number one responsibility. All we can do is provide the best safety measures possible from an organizational perspective and then trust that the parade participants and spectators are going to use their best judgment on whether that, whether it's a right decision for them to attend or not. And we are working to live stream the parade for those that want to observe um, but don't want to take that risk. Um, it's, that's the message to the parents that are out there. Trust your gut. Make the right decision for you and your family. We're going to do our part so that you are as safe as we can possibly make you in that environment on that day. But trust your gut. Mindy, let me hit you with a few quick ones. OK, um, and if you I, I don't want you to reveal security secrets. So tell me to tell me to be quiet if I'm asking things, if I'm going to a place I shouldn't go. But let me hit you with a few a few quick things. Is there any consideration get, being given to canceling the parade? At this juncture, we have not considered canceling the parade. Okay. Is there consideration being given to metal detectors at sites to enter the parade area? That, so un, unfortunately, we don't have, we have not had those conversations yet about okay. what additional safety measures we would have 
we would implement this year. So I don't have those answers. Those, those conversations will happen next week when we have our meeting. And one more, do you want to see more police and security there? If it was up to you, then you normally would. You know, I can't say more. Um, we have a significant number of police officers and first responders present in North Kansas City every year. Um, so I don't, I've never felt unsafe in North Kansas City. I live here. I have a business here. I'm out at all hours of the day and night. That doesn't mean that someone's not going to enter the city with, with ulterior motives to harm people. And that's the great X factor, right? That's the thing that we don't know. So I don't know that additional police is the answer. It might be. Metal detectors might be. Um, there might be other things that we have not yet had that opportunity to have the conversations with our chief of police, with Clay County Sheriff Department, any of the, the leadership that would provide us counsel on that. I can tell you that North Kansas City PD has SWAT, train, SWAT trained officers. So for a little town of four square miles, we have one heck of a police department. And so I have great confidence in them to lead us through this safety planning reevaluation, and they will do just that. Very good. And, and I have just one last for you, Mindy, which is, uh, you know, you mentioned alcohol and the fact that that had become an issue and you, you did your best to mitigate that. What kinds of restrictions will there be this year as of now? And, and I mean, saving room to maybe add to this, but on the, uh, on, on the parade goers, on the people who are just there to spectate, what's expected of them? So we have had a zero alcohol policy for, again, almost 20 years, maybe a little bit longer than that. I forget the actual year that we implemented that. Um, so we're going to continue with um, a family-friendly environment focused on family fun and philanthropy. We will top $1.9 million to charity over the last 40 years, and that's really the focus of this parade. And so we're going to protect that. We're going to protect our charities. We're going to protect our title sponsor, North Kansas City Hospital. We're going to protect our community. And so we expect that spectators are going to come prepared for family fun and philanthropy. We expect that they're going to reserve their drinking for after the parade and festival in the appropriate venues around North Kansas City, of which there are many. We're going to expect that our community is going to rise to the occasion and we're going to have an amazing parade and festival for the 40th year. We're going to do our best to plan for the safety of all participants of the parade and the spectators um, in the process. But we expect that Kansas City and North Kansas City is going to rise to the occasion. Very good. Saturday. Well, we, we wish you nothing but the best of luck with all of it and uh, best of luck for a great day. We could use one. Thank you so much for having me on. Mindy Hart. Thanks, Mindy. Talk Great to, to talk to you. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Uh, quick note, Children's Mercy Hospital has announced they plan a news conference at 2 p.m. with an update on patients hurt in that shooting. I would expect we'll, we'll be carrying that for you live coming up here a little bit later. We have more callers than we will ever get to. We appreciate And thank you to everybody for just sharing your stories with us today. Uh, we will get to as many of you as we can coming up next year in KMBZ. A couple quick things. Um as things are just, I have like 16 windows open in front of me. Okay, um, Channel 9 just put up uh, the picture overhead of what it looks like behind Union Station. 
uh, and they said police at the secured scene of the parade and rally shooting have used folding chairs left at Union Station because they can't clean it up yet to spell out Casey Strong in folding chairs. That's very cool. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a terrific shot. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to retweet that one as we speak. It's there. It's very cool. Um, the other thing that's weird now, and we'll get further into this tomorrow, is that on my Facebook feed, I was reminded that Kansas City Brewfest is at Union Station on Saturday. Mm. We are going to reach out to organizers of KC Brewfest to see how these events might affect that on Saturday. That said, we'll go right back to the phones here. Uh, we'll get Chad and Raytown up next with us. Hey, Chad. Hey, guys. Okay, so real fast. My thing is, is you got two parking garages that I know of on the on the parade route, right? You got the one at 12th and Grand, and then the one down down at the at the Union Station. Okay. So my thing is, is allow cars to park there, but get everybody out. Don't allow people to stand there. That's too much of a, a closed area for people that can hide in those in those parking garages. Because the one, the one is, if I'm correct, the one on 12th and Grand is right there in the middle of the parade. Okay. Uh, am, I, am I correct? Yes. Yeah, that's so where that's where Dan is, was yesterday. So my thing is, is allow them to park there, but don't allow them to stand there and watch the parade from the from the parking garage. What does that gain you? Well, it gains you open. It gains you from them being able to hide in hide in spaces that they can take rifles and use or you bring a cop and put them on every single floor that they're that that they're on okay all right uh chad thanks i i mean this happened out in the open this didn't happen from the yeah. garage so you know the, I, I i'm not saying it's a bad idea i'm just saying it wouldn't have helped yesterday uh to it looks like susan and casey has been hanging on for a while hi susan hi um i've been wondering for a long time why they don't use utilize the stadiums for events like this. But also there's huge places like movie theaters with big screen TVs that could be very family friendly places to you know to celebrate the Chiefs or Royals if that ever happens again. You know, or big events like this. So, because know, it's could, cool to have it downtown. Yeah, we like crowds. Because it's on yeah, TV. I'm not saying it's not. You can still have that. that but that's there. the answer why. Is that it looks good on TV. It's cool to have Union Station and Liberty Memorial in the background. Well, just like, you know, during the Super Bowl, they had, you know, reporters down, you know, downtown. You know, do that at the movie theaters. But those could be family-friendly places that people that – don't want to deal with the parking nightmare like myself, yeah, or just want to be in a family-friendly environment but still celebrate events like this. So you could still be around some people, but you, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily yeah. have to be around. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not a bad idea. And if they can, you know, suggest it to the theaters, if they feel like they can make money with it, you bet it'll mm -hmm. happen. Yeah, or, you know, and there's a lot of event centers that, you know, on weekends they have weddings, but during the week they, are, you know, they're very quiet. Yeah. Some of those places could be book places to have other celebrations, you know, where people, if they don't feel safe going to the parade, but could still participate in some way. And they can still have some communal experience. All right, hey, Susan, thank you. Uh, like I said, if they feel like they can make money with it, <laughs> yeah, that, that that will definitely go on. Let's go to Candace here real quick before the top of the hour. Hi, Candace. 
Hey guys. Well, first off, thank you for what you said at the top of the show. I mean, that whole this is not our Kansas City. I'm I'm with I think what a lot of us were kind of thinking in that moment. So thanks for speaking about that. So you thank were you. asking for solutions and I didn't have any other than let's all throw our guns in a pile. Um, but I was thinking, you know, when people go to the stadiums, my understanding is that they have to have a transparent bag or something like that. And I think yesterday these guys pulled a large bag out of a backpack. So given that it wouldn't cost anything uh, to the event, uh, how about telling people you cannot come in with a large bag that is not transparent? And if you do, you will be stopped and frisked. And, of course, if we find something, there will be issues but if we don't find something and you haven't followed the rules there will be a fine say 25 30 bucks something like that and i think if we just started that kind of like how when people go to the stadiums they know they can't take a giant tote full of beer i think people will start to just know that they can't take big bags it's not a panacea you, you got it, it. I, we, we appreciate it yeah candace you got the last word thank you very much for that Dana Parks love the update from Children's Mercy. Also, we know the adult has been released now from KCPD. More to come. We'll join you tomorrow here on KMBZ. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.